Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Essex Church, home of Kensington Unitarians, where we meet each week for worship and at other times during the week for other activities. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Janine Powell, and I'm a member of this congregation. And I'll be taking today's service as our minister, Sarah, is having a day off, and she'll be back next week. I'd like to extend a particular welcome to people who are visiting for the first time today and for any visitors from other congregations. Let's start with some opening words by Richard Gilbert. We bid you welcome, who come with weary spirit seeking rest who come with troubles that are too much with you, who come hurt and afraid. We bid you welcome, who come with hope in your heart, who come with anticipation in your step, who come proud and joyous. We bid you welcome, who are seekers of a new faith, who come to probe and explore, who come to learn. We bid you welcome, who enter this church as a homecoming, who have found here room for your spirit, who find in this people a family. Whoever you are, Whatever you are, wherever you are on your journey, we bid you welcome. Today we're going to light our chalice, our symbol of our Unitarian faith, as we do each week. And this week it's in acknowledgement of International Women's Day on Tuesday, the 8th of March which focuses this year on parity, equality, especially in terms of equal pay and status between genders. So this flame is for all women and everyone of whatever gender who is helping to make this equality a reality in our world. And let's take a moment to reflect on those things shared here. As I invite you to bring yourself into connection with that which you hold as sacred and divine, as we join now in a time of prayer and reflection which will include some space for your own silent prayers. So let's pray together. O creative spirit of life and love, in which we live and move and have our being, we give thanks for all of nature's bounties. We give thanks 
for the caring of friends and compassionate neighbours. We give thanks for the communion of those who seek to serve others. Each of us carries our own private griefs and burdens. Sometimes we can share these, and for the open hearts which respond, we are grateful. Sometimes the world bears heavily upon us. We struggle alone, searching the depths and long for healing, for renewed hope, for strength, which give their grace and peace. May we be strengthened in efforts to be of service and may we always be mindful our lives are filled with privilege, success and joy that are foreclosed to many. May we turn our attention inward now and send our own loving thoughts or prayers to those people and places in our world who need it today. May our ongoing hope be that we always see clearly and keep before us the decision to care. And may we try always to be inclusive and open, not exclusive and narrow. On this day and every day, may we give thanks, but let us also be dissatisfied with the world as it is for a new world is waiting to be realised. May our spirits and bodies be nourished and nurtured as we give thanks in praise for all that sustains, heals and holds, all that is holy. Amen. We have a couple of short readings now, um, and the first is by Barbara Road from her book In the Simple Morning Light, which is a collection of meditations and reflections. One summer morning, the morning of our 45th wedding anniversary, we were awakened by the sound of two hummingbirds hovering over among the feathery pink blossoms of the silk tree outside our bedroom window. It was a small sound, more clicks than notes. It had none of the calling beauty of a cardinal's song. And yet, we experienced it as a gift, something life offered us for our particular delight. Any event, when it nourishes our spirits, delights us, brings us energy or vision, or direction or courage, is experienced as a gift. It is 
the genesis of all songs of praise. In our time, it is difficult not to feel guilty about life's gifts, knowing that there are millions for whom a handful of rice would be the most important gift they could receive. Knowing that millions are awakened by the sound of guns rather than by two hummingbirds in a silk tree. A great temptation for the privileged is to ease our guilt by convincing ourselves that we have earned our gifts by hard work or good deeds or the right creed. Or we go to the other extreme and adopt a kind of spiritual austerity program. <coughs> I believe such guilt is fruitless. Our task is to remember three things. Gifts that are not received die. Gifts that we try to hoard die. Gifts that we cannot or do not hand to another die. Julia. <clears throat> this reading is by the Lebanese artist, poet and writer Khalil Gibran. Some of you will probably almost know it by heart but uh, I'm going to read it for you because I think it's uh, excellent too. Then a woman said, speak to us of joy and sorrow. And he answered, your joy is your sorrow unmasked. And the selfsame well from which your laughter rises was oftentimes filled with your tears. And how else can it be? The deeper that sorrow carves into your being, the more joy you can contain. Is not the cup that holds your wine the very cup that was burned in the potter's oven? And is not the lute that soothes your spirit the very wood that was hollowed with knives? When you are joyous, look deep into your heart and you shall find it is only that which has given you sorrow that is giving you joy. When you are sorrowful, look again in your heart and you shall see that in truth you are weeping for that which has been your delight. Some say, Joy is greater than sorrow, and others say, nay, sorrow is the greater. But I say unto you, they are inseparable, together they come. And when one sits alone at your board, remember that the other is asleep upon your bed. Verily, you are suspended like scales between your sorrow and your joy. Only when you are empty are you to stand still and balanced. When the treasure keeper lifts you to weigh his gold and his silver, 
Needs must your joy or your sorrow rise or fall. We have a story now for you which is taken from the book The Alchemist and highlights the balance um, needed to experience joy in life. A merchant said, sent his son to learn the secret of happiness from the wisest of men. The young man wandered through the desert for 40 days until he reached a beautiful castle on the top of a mountain. There lived the sage that the young man was looking for. However, instead of finding a holy man, our hero entered a room and saw a great deal of activity. Merchants coming and going, people chatting in the corners, a small orchestra playing sweet melodies, and there was a table laden with the most delectable dishes of that part of the world. The wise man talked to everybody, and the young man had to wait for two hours until it was his time for an audience. The sage listened attentively to the reason for the boy's visit, but told him that at that moment he did not have the time to explain to him the secret of happiness. He suggested that the young man take a stroll around his palace and come back in two hours' time. However, he said, I want to ask you a favour. He handed the boy a teaspoon in which he poured two drops of oil. While you walk, carry this spoon and don't let the oil spill. The young man began to climb up and down the palace staircase, always keeping his eyes fixed on the spoon. At the end of the two hours, he returned to the presence of the wise man. So, asked the sage, did you see the Persian tapestries hanging in my dining room? Did you see the garden that the master of gardeners took 10 years to create? Did you notice the beautiful parchments in my library? Embarrassed, the young man confessed he had not seen those things. His only concern was not to spill the drops of oil that the wise man had entrusted to him. So go back and see the wonders of my world, said the wise man. You can't trust a man if you don't know his house. Now, more at ease, the young man took the spoon and strolled again through the palace, this time paying atten attention to all the works of art that hung from the ceiling and walls. He saw the gardens, the mountains all around the palace, the delicacy of the flowers, the taste of, with which each work of art was placed in its niche. Returning to the sage, he reported in detail all that he had seen. But where are the two drops of oil that I entrusted you? asked the sage. Looking down at the spoon, the young man realised that he'd spilled the oil. Well, this is the only advice I have to give you, said the sage of sages. The secret of happiness 
lies in looking at all the wonders of the world and never forgetting the two drops of oil in the spoon. So that's the story of the two drops of oil. When I was little, about six or seven, there was a big apple tree in our back garden. And in springtime, when the pink blossoms bloomed, my favorite thing to do was to shake that tree. Then I'd stretch my arms out wide, spinning round, whilst the petals fell down all around me like flakes of snow. Time and time again, I used to get told not to shake that tree, but I still used to do it. Why? Because I felt so much joy spinning round and round in that magical blossom. Now I'm not advocating breaking the rules or children not listening to their parents, but this childhood memory reminds me of how easily joy was experienced and expressed as a child for me, finding joy in the smallest and simplest of things. As I grew older, things changed and experiencing joy became a more difficult and more complicated task. Maybe you can relate to this. I became more serious and less playful whilst tending to the mundane things in life. I was like the merchant's son in the story, so busy making sure the drops of oil didn't spill that he didn't notice and take in the wonders around him. Another reason for this decline in experiencing joy was addressed in Barbara Rhodes' reading that I read earlier, writing of waking to the gift of seeing two hummingbirds outside her window. She acknowledged barriers of guilt to accepting those gifts. Guilt arising from knowing that there are so many people in the world who are experiencing difficult and painful things. And in this way, letting those gifts from life die. From an early age, I'd taken on the subtle message within my then Catholic faith that suffering was something held in high esteem, from Jesus' suffering on the cross to martyrs who'd suffered for their cause. Recently, attending a Buddhist philosophy course, one question we pondered was about the meaning of the first noble truth. All life is dukkha. All life is suffering and what that means for people philosophically when their spiritual journey starts with suffering as a foundation. The spiritual and religious journey then is to go from suffering to great joy. But for others, joy is simply a part of life that is to be integrated and experienced like everything else. I don't know how many of you were able to catch um, the BBC documentary last month, How to Die, Simon's Choice. 
It was about Simon Binner, a man diagnosed with motor neuron disease, who chose to end his own life through assisted dying in a clinic in Switzerland. The documentary followed Simon and his family over 10 months as they discussed Simon's wishes, its impact on his friends and family, and differing medical views, all whilst the symptoms of his disease progressed. <coughs> One thing that greatly struck me, though, was that it wasn't all sad and harrowing. As time moved closer to the date of his assisted dying, the family planned for friends and relatives to visit, to play games in the garden, not only creating joyful moments, but experiencing them to the fullest, as we saw Simon in rapturous laughter, enjoying the silliness, the fun and games, and the sheer joy of loved ones being together. As Khalil Gibran poetically wrote, and we heard earlier, your joy is your sorrow unmasked, and the self-same well from which your laughter rises was oftentimes filled with your tears. For me, I was more used to focusing on when my well was filled with tears. I have learned very well how to recognize and address and express my sadness, but had lost touch with how to recognize, address and express my joy to the same degree. In some ways, defining being spiritual as being somber and emotionally downcast instead of joyful and exuberant. Yes, Suffering and pain, uncertainty and distress are all part of the human condition. But so is joy. In the book, The Heart of Buddhist Teaching by Thich Nhat Hanh, he writes, The seed of suffering in you may be strong, but don't wait until you have no more suffering before allowing yourself to be happy. When one tree in the garden is sick, you have to care for it. But don't overlook all the healthy trees. Even while you have pain in your heart, you can enjoy the many wonders of life. And there are many things in life people find wondrous and joyful between asking my friends and family and scouring the internet, here are some of the things people said bring them joy and you might identify with some of these. They include certain songs or pieces of music, viewing or creating art of some kind, playing an instrument or singing, watching films, reading books, participating in sports, technology, seeing the smiles on their children's faces, or seeing people enjoying do what they, doing what they love, 
helping endangered animals or playing with their pets, receiving and giving warm hugs. Their faith, knowing that God loves them or knowing that they're a valid part of the universe, seeing a sunset or spending time in nature, hearing the ocean, stargazing or flowers blooming in the spring. And springtime, as we're beginning to enter into now, is often seen as a joyful time when the sun's strength begins to return, bringing warmer and brighter days. Later on in the month, on the 20th of March, is International Day of Happiness. A day which recognises that happiness is a fundamental human goal and calls upon countries to approach public policies in ways that improve the well-being of all peoples. This acknowledges how our well-being and joy is interconnected with others in our worldwide community. And as we see or hear of greater joy in others, our own joy increases. Thich Nhat Hanh's quote on your order of service reminds us of this. If you dwell only in your suffering, you will miss paradise. Don't ignore your suffering, but don't forget to enjoy the wonders of life for your sake and for the benefit of many beings. And I think we do that well here at Essex Church with our weekly ritual of candle lighting, not only for the concerns that people bring, but for the joys in ours and others' lives, helping us to connect and strengthen bonds as a church community, not just in the difficult times, but also in celebrating with each other. And I'm going to ask you all a question to ponder about your own joy in a minute. One of the byproducts of um, researching and exploring and putting together this service is that, um, as you say, what you focus on grows. So for the past couple of weeks, I've really been noticing my own joyful experiences and some of the events that trigger it and how joy manifests in my being. Many things bring me joy, from spending time with family and friends to hula hoop dancing and at times eating chocolates. I feel the most joy, though, when I'm nearing completion to a goal which not only benefits myself, but also benefits other people. When I feel joyful, it's as if the sun has come out from behind a cloud and all I can see is blue sky. My chest and my posture expands and my spine lengthens, and I'm filled with a sudden increase of energy. I hear some of the chorus of, oh, what a beautiful morning, going round and round in my head. And emotionally, I have a sense of feeling supported by life. 
and simultaneously connecting to many memories which invoke feelings of deep appreciation and gratitude. That's how I do joy. So I'm going to ask you all a question now. And you don't have to share the answers with anyone else unless you want to over tea and coffee. And you can be aware of co what comes to mind and either hold it in your memory or write it on a post-it note which you have at the back of your order of service so you could relate to it later if you wanted to. And if you, prepare, if you prefer not to join in and to simply sit quietly for a minute, that's perfectly fine too. These things are optional. So here's my question to you. When I say the word joy, what comes to mind for you? What associated feelings, sensations, thoughts, memories maybe, or sounds? What comes to you when I say joy? And other things may come to you later on. But for now, I'm going to thank you for doing that if you chose to. And I noticed a couple of smiles on people's faces. A friend recently said to me that she used to not celebrate things because she knew that bad stuff was going to happen at some point anyway. But then she realised that bad and difficult things happen in life. So she might as well make the most of the good times and enjoy them when they happen. And yes, to live life only from one difficult time to another, ignoring the happier times, is like looking at a mountain range and only seeing the valleys. You only get half of the view and miss out on the whole picture. The more I learn to cultivate and harvest my joy, the more it aids me when I experience tough times and situations. I can understand these things as being one part in a greater patchwork of life's experience. And this doesn't only aid me in my life, it also helps me to be of more service to others by being able to empathise with those in pain when they want a listening ear and being able to celebrate with them in full delight at their good news. And this, like water falling on a pond, creates ripples. And who knows just how far those ripples will reach. So let us allow the gifts which bring us our own joy. Be fruitful in our lives for the benefit of all and as a way to love and care for our wider world. So may it be. Amen.
As we leave this place and look towards the days and week ahead, we leave blessed by our connections to one another, to the spirit of life. Walk lightly that you see the life that is below your feet. Spread your arms as if you had wings and could dance through the air. Feel the joy of the breath in your lungs and the fire in your heart. Live to love and be a blessing on this earth. Go in peace and blessed be. Amen. <laughs>